0: What is up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Glad you're joining us. Hope you're having a great day. And uh, we are wrapping up 2018, getting ready to head into 2019. Before we get there, we do have a great episode for you today, a great guest, a uh, student of ours that have had some serious success in a very short amount of time. Today, we're going to be talking with Kate Garnes. Now, I first met Kate last fall, so it be about a, a little over a year ago or so. This girl was a... Uh, She's fired up about speaking, wants to speak, and just like, I just no idea where to begin, no idea what to do. And this is where most speakers are. A lot of speakers that we talk to are in that spot where we like to use the phrase that I, I had the potential, but I need the plan. I have the potential, but I need the plan. And that describes Kate to a T. She has the potential, but needs a plan, has the great personality, uh, is a phenomenal performer, has some stage experience, but just needed the plan. And so we've worked with her for the past year or so. And she has busted her butt and has seen some serious results. She has, uh, I mean, even at this moment, she has over a dozen paid keynotes booked in the next coming months. And uh, so just a really, really cool story. We're going to talk through how she made that decision to become a speaker, what she did next. I think, you know, a lot of people are in that spot of, okay, I want to do this, but now what? Where do I even begin? What do I do now? And so we talked through that decision with her. We talked through how mentors have helped her get results quicker, not just from us. We've certainly worked with her, but she's been able to connect with several other speaker mentors. and and how that's helped her. Then we also talk about how she has uh, persevered building her business at times when she wanted to quit. There's times where you're just like, is this worth it? Am I making any progress? Am I making any traction? Why am I doing this again? I'm trying to do this while at the same time trying to uh, work a full-time job and support myself, And uh, which as a side note, we'll tease it, but she has a really, really cool job. I'll just leave it at that. All right, so without any further ado, let's get right into this. Here's this enjoyable conversation with Miss Kate Garnes. Hey, what's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here, joined by Kate Garnes, who is just excited outside of her mind right now. We actually, we just started recording a few minutes ago and then like it just froze up on us. So this is take two take and we're two. still, she's still very excited. She was just as excited round one, but take I two, am.
1: She's still
0: very excited. So Kate is actually, she has been very, very successful lately, just booking gigs left and right. She's gone through our elite program uh, about a year ago or so and just killing it. So we were just talking a little bit well, before we get to that. Kate. You're a little excited here. You good?
1: I am. No, it's just, it's very surreal hearing you say, What's up, my friends? This is Grant Baldwin here. We got someone excited. Like, how many times have I listened to the podcast? That's how I got started speaking. So it's you like, sound like.
0: You sound like one of my daughters who's (laughs) picking on me for the way that I, my girls tell me that I have a, I have a normal voice and then I have a speaker voice. And (laughs) so when you go into speaker mode, I don't know, I don't know, maybe that's the case. So, all right. So for context sake, we're going to talk about your story, but before we get to that, that point, I want to just kind of hear like what business is like for you now. So you started literally like a year ago or so, even as recently as what, like six months ago, nine months ago, you didn't have any gigs. And at this moment you have how many gigs on the calendar?
1: Roughly 13 or so. Thirteen,
0: All paid. Yeah. Keynotes. All paid. Big conferences all, keynotes. all over the country.
1: Most, every one of them is a keynote. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. With some workshops thrown in. But I mean, we're talking a couple national conferences, mostly state conferences, all over the map.
0: So. Does it just feel like totally surreal? And yes. like, how did this happen?
1: Yeah. Yes. Pretty Very honest. much so. And like, I still, I'll get an email and I'm like, are you joking? You're going to pay me to talk for yeah. like I I still eat cocoa puffs out of a coffee mug. Like what what <laughs> okay. But I like it. So That's it's what cool. I want to do.
0: Congrats. Well, that's really, really cool. We're really, really proud of you. So, so let's back up for a second here. We were talking a little bit beforehand. You had said that speaking has been one of those things that's been on your radar for a couple of years, it sounds like. And one of the lines that we use a lot is, I had the potential, but I needed the plan. I had the potential, but I needed the plan. And that's that's really how I felt whenever I got started. And it sounds like you were kind of in that same spot of, you know, I've, maybe I've done a few little things here and there and I enjoy doing it. I want to do more of it. I have no idea where to begin. So yeah. at what point in the past Couple of years or so, did you finally decide, like, I want to give this a shot? I want to make a run at this speaking thing.
1: Yeah. So, being in front of people, and I've always been a dance teacher, my degree is in music education, but nothing ever really felt right, I guess. And I never imagined that anyone would want to pay me to stand by myself on a stage and talk. Yeah. I had always kind of said, when people would say, What do you want to do? I'd say, Well, I want to maybe make like a performing group that goes out and does motivational speaking, but like there's a group of people and I'll just kind of be in the background. And it wasn't until I'm 30 and it was two years ago. So I was 28 at my 10 year high school reunion. I'm originally from Missouri and in Missouri, a lot of times you get married or you go to high school, go to college, get married, have two kids, have a white picket fence and become a third grade art teacher. (laughs) And being going to my 30th or my 10 year high school reunion, I was the only one not married or not with kids. And I looked around and I was like, well, this is fun. (laughs) Yeah. And I felt really, really discouraged. And I ended up sitting at a table with a girl, Lacey Phillips was her name, is her name. And uh, she looked at me and she said, well, Kate, she could tell I felt discouraged. And she was like, what do you want your life to look like? And I mean, it was in that moment, That the God or the universe was like this, this is what you're going to do. And I said, I said, I want to be a motivational speaker. And i never said it out loud before. Wow. uh, That myself. And it was literally like that moment when you get in your car and your windows are all foggy and you turn on the defog and it goes and it's super, super crystal clear. Yeah. And I knew. And so I got on a plane back to Orlando where I live now and I wrote a letter And that letter said, I sent it to about eight people that I viewed as successful. And I said, hi, I have no idea what I'm doing. I couldn't name you four motivational speakers, even if I tried. I have zero idea, but I know that this is what I'm meant to do. Do you have any advice? And I sent it to eight people that I viewed as successful, mostly in the entertainment field, because that's what I do. And it just started with word of mouth. And one way or another, I got led to your podcast and I started Working through that, and then you sent an email one day that was like, "Hey, you should like come to this." Is that the, store.
0: Is that the voice that you read it in? Hey,
1: yeah, <laughs> that's, kind of, that's what you sound like to me. It's fine. <laughs> and so I did, and I signed up, and just threw myself into it.
0: So yeah, here we are very cool. And so, as a total side note, you have a bit of a performance background, and that you have a really cool job. Are you allowed to say your job?
1: I am a character performer at Walt Disney World. We'll
0: leave it at that. A very, very, very important one. We'll leave it at that. All right. Like a very, very important character performer at Walt Disney World. So So. we'll just let everyone connect the dots there. Like (laughs) the most important one. Okay. That's that's a side note, which when I first discovered that, I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. That's a really like, but you, it's like a secret that you can't tell anybody. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's only one Mickey mouse.
0: So. Oh, okay. There's only one. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, All right. So to go from like, all right, you're interested in in being a speaker Mm -hmm. and saying it out loud. Where do you think, like, is that something that had been like, you've been kicking around or kind of chewing on like that would be kind of cool. But like, where did that come from when you said it out loud?
1: I think in everything that I had been doing with performing and teaching dance, I choreographed for different show choirs. And I kind of realized that my favorite part in all of that wasn't actually the dance. It was helping teenagers Believe in themselves, helping the kids who had never danced before believe in themselves that they could. And so I think in that moment, it was, it kind of connected all the dots that that was the common denominator. It wasn't dance, it wasn't performing, it was just trying to leave this world a little bit brighter than when I came into it.
0: Right, right. So
1: I think that's what.
0: So you say it out loud, and then you're like, okay, I'm going to start reaching. Like, why did you decide to just start reaching out to, like, and so um, it's not like these are people that you didn't know.
1: No, they were they were uh, everybody was somebody okay. that I knew, a lot of people it was f- teachers or mentors that I'd had. it was people who yeah. had been on Broadway that I knew. okay things like that and it was just people I said, who do I look up to? Who has achieved what I feel is success? Yeah now success is a that's a subjective term sure. that means something different to everybody and I would say about five of the eight reached back out to me.
0: Okay so it were you- just different there are two sins here's uh, my ideas. here's yeah. what I would do if I were you that kind of yep. stuff.
1: And most of it was immerse yourself, immerse yourself instead of watching Netflix, watch YouTube videos of different speakers instead of reading a murder mystery, read this book by Michael Port or by Donald Miller, like read, just immerse yourself. And that's what I did. I stopped because I was known for just sitting on the couch and watching hours of Netflix or Mm -hmm. just not applying myself. And I stopped. I just immersed myself in anything I could get my hands on.
0: Right, right. So. so you decided to sign up for the elite program. Why did you decide to sign up? Because it sounds like you were kind of digging around. you were doing some, you know, you're, you're trying to make some strides on your own. What caused you to sign up?
1: <laughs> well, number one reason was I trusted you. You had gained my trust through the podcast and through the fact that you had done it. And the people that you associated with yourself through the podcast really earned my trust. And so I trusted you and I knew that I needed help. I knew I was humble enough to be able to admit, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where to start. And getting past that mental block of, I'm a middle-class white girl from the Midwest who I never had cancer. I have all of my appendages. I've never fought a shark. Like... I've never been on a reality television show. Why is anybody going to want to listen to me? Right. And so getting past that mental block and just knowing that I trusted you and I knew, I knew I had to invest in myself.
0: Right. And as much
1: as I loved the booked and paid to speak program, it's an amazing program. I knew that I needed it. I needed somebody to go, Hey Kate, I haven't heard from you in a week. How you doing? Because yeah. I know that I needed that. Oh, what's the word I want? Accountability. That's the one. That's
0: the one. that's (laughs) it. So what helped you to get over that mental hurdle of feeling like, like, who am I? Like, why would anyone listen to me? And and like you said, I think that's something that holds a lot of people back is Mm -hmm. I don't check whatever mental boxes I feel like I'm supposed to check in order to be qualified as a speaker. So you are in that same spot. How do you overcome that mental hurdle of feeling like, no, like I'm a solid speaker and I've got what it takes to be able to do this?
1: I think it's funny that you think I've overcome that hurdle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is is that like a a constant work in progress?
1: Yeah, I think so. There is such a speaking, you can feel very lonely and it can be very, very, very lonely. And I think that's partly why being in a group like Booked and Paid to Speak or the Elite program is so important because there are times where I'm like, why are people paying me so much money to speak? Like to come and are you joking me right now? Right. I'll be really honest. The way that I've overcome it is doing it, yeah, doing it and watching people's reactions, watching people's like, wow, what I'm saying does make a difference. There's a picture on my website and I'm probably the only one who knows the context of the picture, but it's important that I put it up there. This was at the national student council association, national conference, and I had given my talk. And a girl came up to me afterwards and she didn't say a word. She just cried and she was just crying. And all she said was thank you. And she hugged me and somebody snapped a picture of it. And when I saw that, I said that needs to go on my website, not for anybody else, but as a reminder to myself that this is why I do it. Yeah, Cause there's always a moment of doubt. What if I bomb? What if I get up there and everybody's like, okay, but like, have you been on American Idol? Because if not, then I don't care. Like it's, when I did the National Student Council Association, there was an Olympian. There was somebody who had been on a reality television show. There were people who had been speaking for 20 years and then there was me. And I was like, well, I played dress up for a living for like seven years, (laughs) so that's gotta count for something. So it's it's still a mental battle. There are still moments where I'm like, I'm out of, what am I doing? I'm out of my element. But then I go back to that picture and I go back to the letters that I've received. That remind me, no, there is a reason I'm doing
0: this. Right, so, that's so, really yeah. cool. Uh, now I want to look up the I want to look up the picture <laughs> off. So uh, maybe we can post that in the the show notes as well. But yeah. one of the things that I'm kind of curious on is is for most people, whenever they are starting the speaking journey, is that they have a really difficult time figuring out who they're going to speak to mm-hmm. and what's the problem that they're going to solve. And because most people want to say I I want to speak to everybody, I want to speak to humans, and what do you want me to speak about? I can speak about anything. And so we try to. And you've heard us talk a lot about this. We try to spread that net as far and wide as possible. And so what was that process like for you of going from, yeah, I want to be a speaker to now feeling really, really clear on this is who I speak to and this is the problem that I solve. How did you make that journey?
1: Yeah. So that was a really hard journey to make because I was that person. I was like, but like I can speak to anybody. Yeah. And when I started with the elite program, actually my target audience was people like me in their mid to late 20s, kind of trying to figure out where they wanted, it, what they wanted in life, trying to figure out who they were. And then as I dug deeper into my story and as I dug deeper into what I was talking about, I realized that it starts, especially in middle and high school. And so, and then I was like, no, that's not enough. And I just kept digging and digging. I mean, this was weeks of just digging and digging and digging until I honed in on teen leadership. Yeah. Not even just teenagers, like teen leadership. So, and I wanted to get as niched as I could and then knowing that I could grow out from there, but yeah. I wanted to get as single pinpoint as I could.
0: Why? Like, cause it seems like, I mean, all those options that you just named, whether it's young adults trying to figure out what they want to do or college students or high school or high school students and just in general or middle school, like you could, you could have spoke to any of them and done right. fine. So why keep digging? Like what kept you going there?
1: You told me to, <laughs> <laughs> you told me to, and it just never sat right with me. It never felt right. I would say something and be like, yeah, I think that's it. But there was always something off. There was something I wanted to make sure that I could get to, I wanted to find my niche market so that I could make sure to, that I could get them what they needed yeah. and then be able to grow from that. Speaking. If you think that you have it all figured out from one talk and then that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You're not going to stick around very long. It's yeah. ever changing. It's ever growing. And so that's why I wanted to start in one place and have it so pinpointed so that I could grow out. Right. And grow from that.
0: Right. So, so as you are getting the process started, you get clear on who you're going to speak to, what's the problem that you're going to solve for them. One of the things that we talk a lot about inside the program is planting seeds, the difference between planting and harvesting. And you plant a lot of seeds. Yeah. And sometimes they lead to something, sometimes they don't. One of the things we talk about is like it can take a while just to get the get it going. Cause if you reached out to an event today, they may not book a speaker for three to six months from now, if not longer, you know? And there's events that you've followed up with and kept in touch with that still haven't made a decision. So what did you do early on to begin to plant those seeds, to begin to get some of that momentum going?
1: Yeah. I mean I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but I I followed the program. I did what you said. Yeah. And I, I can't tell you how many calls we've been in where I'll just say guys, if you do what Grant is saying, it works. It works. When I first started you got me in touch with Harriet Turk. Uh-huh. That was probably one of the single greatest, other than joining Books and Paid to Speak, that was probably one of the single greatest decisions that I made in my speaking career because she, I flew myself to, I paid the money, flew myself to Memphis and paid her to sit in her kitchen and have her go, okay, tell me a story. And like, <laughs> uh, what? But she honed my talk and she worked mm-hmm. with me and she I would be saying something and she'd go, shut up and write that down. Write that down. That's a story. And so she really, once I got my talk solidified, yeah. then I was comfortable marketing myself. Because Harriet has always said, if you have a rock solid talk, you will book gigs. Yeah. You will book gigs. So that was kind of my first story movement was I need to get somebody who can make my talk and help me make my talk rock solid because I didn't want to go out and make a bunch of rookie mistakes because I didn't ask for help. Yeah. So then once I did that, I'm a very visual person. Mm -hmm. So at first, when I first started like trying to get all my contacts together, my 50 to hundred contacts, I was writing it all out. And then I was like, well, this is dumb. Side note, I am not a super technological person. Like when it comes to computer stuff, I'm like, can I just have a coloring book? Like, I don't know. But I figured out, I Googled and YouTubed and figured out how to set up a spreadsheet. And I just put all the 50 states on one side and all the organizations on the top. And I just went one by one. I put on a show on Hulu or Netflix and I just went one by one. And I said, okay, Arizona FFA. Da, 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 da. Here's that, what's their conference? Okay, yeah. cool. Who's the decision maker? Do they have more than one conference? And I just started, I think I have like four different spreadsheets of what conferences are in what states. When do they make their decisions? Yeah. That kind of stuff. So that, and that's how I did it. To be you said a couple honest. things
0: there I want, to, I want to touch on. So one, yeah. you said that by working with Harriet and just really getting the talk good and, and just dialed in and polished, that one of your best marketing tools is delivering a great talk and the things that we talk about, not just as a speaker, but the things that we recommend that we refer that we tell other people about are just because it's a really amazing experience. And so uh, I'm curious, you heard that advice early on, you invested in yourself in the talk itself. And I really want to become a solid speaker with a solid talk. Have you found that by doing that, that that's paid off in terms of helping you to book more gigs and to being more referable and getting more word of mouth business?
1: Absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent. Because if I had gone, I did the lunch rotation for the National Student Council Association and had I gone in there and bombed, yeah. it doesn't matter how nice I am. It doesn't matter how easy I am to work with, which those are all, you have to have both. You have the goal. You've said this before, make the decision makers life as easy as possible. Yeah, Do what you can. And I will say that in my email sometimes. I know choosing a speaker is really tough. I know that if there's anything that I can do to make the decision easier or to make your life easier, please let me know or something, something to that extent. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you can be the easiest person to work with. You can be the nicest person on the planet. But if you don't deliver something that isn't a good product or doesn't help their students or their organization, whatever, not just the youth market, any, any market, if you don't go out there and give them a good product it doesn't, it's like if I wanted to buy a water bottle and they had the best marketing and the best prices, but the water bottle has a hole in the bottom of it that right. doesn't hold any water, you're probably not gonna sell more water bottles.
0: Right. So. yeah, it makes total sense. Another thing that I'm curious about is that by joining the elite program, by doing some one on one coaching, that you you made a significant investment in yourself. And yeah. as someone who you know you're working multiple jobs you're just trying to like you know support yourself while also chasing this dream like those are some big financial sacrifices that you're making so can you kind of talk me through like your thought process on that of just like a lot of people would be like I'd love yeah. to do this but I don't I don't have the money I don't have the resources and it is a it's it is a big financial sacrifice now thankfully like as you said like it's paid off multiple 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 times but like yeah. what would you say that person, or even going back to that Kate from a year ago, of going like, <laughs> this is a big deal, you know, financially.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a huge commitment. It was for someone who I mean, I'm a single 30 year old. I don't have a family. I, I'm supporting myself, but I do. I work a lot of different jobs. I'm kind of a full time gig life, more or less. Yeah. And I I had to penny pinch. I had to decide, but I also had to decide, okay. I'm not using the degree that I got in college. I got my degree in music education in my final semester of school. I was like, yo, respect to all you teachers, but I hashtag hate this. This is yeah. not what I want to do. I had to look at it as this is almost like I'm getting another college degree. I have to invest and I have to do what I have to do to make that work. Now, I had saved and saved and saved and saved and saved, not even realizing that's what I was saving for. Yeah. So when it came to, I mean... I want to say between Booked and Paid to Speak, the elite program, Harriet, and then like traveling to go see Harriet and all that kind of stuff. It was between eight and 10 grand that I invested it out the door. Right Now it's been a year. And I mean, I've gotten that money back and some. Yeah. But, and like, I want to be clear. I didn't go to Harriet thinking she's going to get me gigs. That was not at all my, I went to her going, can you help me with my talk? If I get my talk, solid. And she even said that, but um, I didn't. And she hasn't, she's been a a mentor for me, just like you have. So trust me, I get it. It really, really stinks to think about paying a lot of money, but you're investing in yourself. And if you can't invest in yourself, why would anyone else? So you've got to find your reason. You are worth investing for whoever's listening to this, whoever needs to hear this, you are worth investing for because you have a dream and your dream is worth investing in. So,
0: and and even like you said, you know, a year later, you've earned that back and more by just, again, trusting the process and doing the work and following through. So I want to go back to one of the other things that you touched on is that this is a lot of work, right? And it would be nice to say, okay, I got, I got my website, I got my video, I put them up and I just wait for the phone to ring. And it just doesn't work like that. Now you said at this point, now that you're getting some momentum going, you're having people that will email you or people who saw you or people who heard about you. And so you start to get some more of that inbound stuff, which is amazing when it happens. Yeah. But early on, it's a lot of outbound stuff. And so you, like yeah. you said, you are you're making a lot of sacrifices in terms of i'm sitting in front of a computer and i'm sending emails or i'm doing research or i'm working on my talk or i'm you know doing something to help move the ball forward in my speaking business when i could be going out with friends or i could just be watching netflix or i could be doing a million other things that sound way more appealing than just sending an email or doing research or just watching a video or whatever but like what kept you continually Discipline to do the work and to put in the effort and to plant the seeds.
1: I had invested, I had invested money in myself and I had, and I knew, I knew I couldn't give up. I had yeah. to go after this. It helped that I had that such a crystal clear moment of like, holy Mackinac, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. Yeah. Um, I also knew I was a good communicator. I knew that this wasn't going to be totally, totally out of my wheelhouse. One of my many jobs that I do is I'm a DJ. So I'm up in front of people on a microphone talking quite a bit. So I knew that I had the basis of like, it wasn't like I was going to be standing up reciting the declaration of independence and being totally boring. Although the declaration of independence is not totally boring. (laughs) It's a very wonderful document. Everything's fine, (laughs) but it was also, I also had a goal and I had a drive and I had those weekly phone calls and those were, you know, you held me accountable. The other people with the speaker lab held me accountable. And I don't know how many times I got on the call and I was like, can you guys just remind me that I can do this? It's for any speaker who's starting or even speakers who have been speaking and maybe they just hit a dry spell. It's, you're going to have those moments. That's why it's so important to have your tribe and so important to, and don't be afraid to say, Hey everybody, I'm struggling. Can you guys just tell me that? I'm worth more than a bag of Doritos because that'd be great, you know?
0: <laughs> right. So so at this point, again, you're continually planting seeds, you're continuing to put in the work. And it seems like, again, that you're continually getting momentum. You're continually booking gigs. Even like what we were talking about at the beginning and before we started recording, like I know you'd booked a few gigs. I didn't realize you had 13 gigs on the calendar right now. That's awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah is it continually just doing the work and continually planting seeds or is there anything that you're doing differently now or what does it look like at this moment a year in to get gigs
1: sure i am i use my hub i use the molasses out of my hub spot i am always and i'm using my spreadsheets that i have if i look and i'm like now why was the last time i contacted Florida FFA in February. So yeah. then I'll go look it up. And oh, because I'm I already have a task set that I'm going to contact them in October. Yeah. That's when they start making decisions. And I do. One example, like I said I'm from Missouri. There's a Missouri Leadership Summit, I think is what it's called, and it's in my hometown. I reached out to the girl, she said at one point, "Hey, sorry for the delay. I'm a full-time student and I'm working full-time." We're just super busy. So I put that in the notes and I do, I shoot her an email when it's time for semester to start. I say, hey girl, I know, like, I just know school's going to be starting. I hope you had a relaxing summer and just remember to breathe and drink lots of water and you're going to be great. Those little things make a huge difference. Right. Actually.
0: So. so one of the things that that seems like it's really helped you is just having systems in place. Like yeah. you mentioned, HubSpot, oh, yeah. which is a a free CRM, and there's several different you know tools. And you mentioned spreadsheets, but just having a system in place and not just kind of aimlessly reaching out to people. And if someone says, yeah, check back with me in three months, you're like, okay, I'll try. But like, no, you have really good systems in place. So kind of talk us through. If you talk to someone and they said, touch base with us in a couple months, what do you do from there? Like, what's that system that you follow?
1: Sure. So my process is, I follow the process you gave us. I take my first, let's say I want to talk to, we'll do, we'll say Arizona Deca. We used that earlier. So I Google Arizona Deca. And I look for either the executive director, the state advisor, the state director, they may have a, they may be defined as like a conference event planner or something. I just look for, well, first, I guess, back up. I look to see if they have a conference, if I can find a specific conference and you're going to know right away uh, because usually if they have a very defined conference, it's going to be right there on their website. I do my research and I find the email of that person. I type it all into my HubSpot and I send an email that basically just says, hey, so I saw that you have this conference. I actually have a talk that helps teens find their worth and find their value when maybe nobody's in their corner to help them know that they're valuable or worthy. I think this might be a good fit for your conference. I was just curious, when during the year do you start taking proposals? And that's all I say. Thanks. Have a great day if they don't respond, I send an email two to three weeks. I let time kind of go a little bit because I don't want to be too much for them. So I usually go about two more closer to three weeks and then I'll send another one that just says, Hey, haven't heard back from you. I sent you an email. Don't know if you got it or not, but I would really love to talk more about your conference. And I say talk. So then they might set up a call, which has happened a couple of times. And then I go a month if I don't hear from them in a month. And I think that might differ a little bit from what you tell us, but I go a month and then I just say, Hey, so, you know, I've sent you a couple emails. I haven't heard back from you. I know you're super busy. So I'm just going to leave the ball in your court. I'm still super interested in learning more and possibly being a part of your conference. So if you'd like to know more, just let me know. And I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten that have said, Thank you so much for circling back. Yeah. I'm so sorry for the delay. For some reason, this got sent to my junk folder. But, and I have a report
0: email just works.
1: It does. It does. And then, so let's say someone emails me back, response to the second email, and they're like, we're already set for this year. Check back in October. Yeah. I send back, perfect. Awesome. If I got this in April, I'll say, I hope you have a really great summer. And then I go immediately to my HubSpot and set a task right then for October 1st or even September 25th yeah. to, I put in all capital letters, starts taking proposals in October. Yeah. And then as soon as that pops up, I send an email, I forward the email or I reply to what they said. Yep. And I just say, Hey, I hope you had a really great summer. I hope it wasn't as hot in Arizona as it was in Orlando, wolf or something like that. Something, something yep. personable and then say, I wanted to make sure I touched base with you. I know you said you start taking proposals in October. I have this keynote and I just talk a little bit about like the bare bones of my keynote, what the points that I know they're going to want to hear. And I say, I would love to chat more and that kind of thing. And that usually, they'll usually then say, I'm going to send this to my student leaders who are making the decision. They might say, what's your fee? Uh, one thing that I'm, I haven't done yet, but I actually want to start doing is making personalized videos for, yeah. cause a lot of times it's the students who yeah. pick you can in the youth market, or you can knock it out of the park for else. the advisors, but it is the students who pick. So I, that's something I haven't done it yet. And I'll report back when I do to see how well that works. But yeah. that is something that I want to try doing.
0: But again, the point being like, you've just got really good systems in place and that you just trust that process and you're planting seeds. And when someone says, check back with us in October, that you're not like, okay, I'll try to remember that. But you set a note to check back in October. And if they say, well, you know, our committee meeting got pushed back to December. Cool. I'll check back when the December and you're updating it within your CRM, you're updating it in a spreadsheet, but you've got a system in place that you just keep following the process. And again, it's boring. It's tedious. It's monotonous. It can be a pain. I'm sure you've been frustrated before. But again, (laughs) by following the process, you see results and you're booking gigs as a result of that.
1: And I can remember when I first started with the program and it was like, find your 50 contacts or a hundred contacts. I can remember sitting at my desk going, I've contacted everyone there is to contact. There's (laughs) no one else on the planet. I'm done. This is it. And then I made that spreadsheet and I went back through my HubSpot and I was like, Kate, you contacted like 30 people from FFA and that's it. (laughs) Like you contacted no one. And I'm still working through all of the things. So It seems daunting, but I promise if you lay it out, if you're a visual person, I don't know for you auditory people, but if you're a visual person, lay it out and you'll be able to see and it makes it more manageable.
0: So if you're going to, at this point where you are, if you're going to give advice to Kate from a year ago or from two years ago, to that person who is on the fence, they have the potential, but they need the plan. They're not really sure what to do next. They've listened to the podcast a bunch. They enjoy speaking, would love to actually make a living at this, make a run at this. What would you say to that person?
1: Do it. It's hard work. It's a lot. But if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to. So why the heck not believe in yourself? Yeah. and you're going to have moments of doubt. You are I promise you you are going to have moments where you're like what am i doing? imposter syndrome i think is what we call it. Yeah, totally. You're going to have those moments and that's okay. It's okay yeah. to have those moments. It's okay to doubt, but it's getting back on the horse and and reaching out to people like you like melanie, like the booked and paid to speak group and saying and being able to be vulnerable and saying, "hey, i'm struggling." I can remember a specific call with Dr. Sue who you had and she was just in tears and she was like, I'm so overwhelmed. And now she's like a super successful speaker. I just remember her vulnerability. And I remember getting on and going, I don't know you, but you've got this. And having that tribe, it's so important. Number one, surround yourself with good people, people who are going to meet you where you are and say, no, no, You've got this. You've got what you're doing. Don't be afraid to fail. When you don't hear back from people, it's nothing against you. (laughs) They they get hundreds of emails every week. So trust the process. And Harriet has told me before, everybody bombs. At some point, everybody bombs. And that's okay. It will be fine. There will be times of dry spell. And there will be times of plenty. And just trust the process and be a good person be kind yeah be kind
0: very very good Kate I am so so incredibly proud of you and the work that you've put in it's one thing where someone like when you see someone and they're like they didn't do anything and all of a sudden they're booking all these gigs what the crap but like I know the work that you've put in and the discipline that you've had and so you should be extremely extremely proud of yourself and the impact that you're making so for people that want to find out more about you and what you're up to check out your website look for that picture with the hug where can we go
1: www.kategarnes.com k-a-t-e-g-a-r-n-e-s dot com awesome and Kate. you can find me on social media at at Kate Garnes live that's on Instagram or Facebook
0: very good very good we'll, we'll link up to all of that so uh, Kate thanks for taking the time we appreciate you
1: yeah
0: All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that talk, that conversation with Miss Kate Garns. Uh, Really good stuff. And again, I'm super, super proud of her and all the work that she has done and the work that she has put into being successful as a speaker. And uh, you can do the same. And so if we can help you with that, please feel free to reach out. Let us know. Also, if you haven't already, definitely check out our free speaker fee calculator. That's a question we get all the time of people that are going, hey, how do I I know how much I should charge, Grant? So definitely stop by. Check out myspeakerfee.com. Again, that is myspeakerfee.com. So check out that out all right boys and girls that wraps up today's episode episode 215 we will catch you next time you're awesome